Hello and welcome to the Investors Chronicle Companies and Markets Show. Uh, I am John Human, editor of the Investors Chronicle, joined today by Algie Hall. How are you doing, hey. Algie? Yeah, good. Excellent. It's our, uh, I think it's our last podcast here in the uh, the old building. Yeah, an end of an era. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's a bit weird, isn't it, coming here? It's it like you've walked into the an episode of The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> and it smells funny. <laughs> like we've been on holiday for a while and, uh, and the house is... Something not quite right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely um, it's uh, yeah, it's past its best days. I think this building. Yeah, yeah. Who'd have thought that the people of the Financial Times Group would make a building smell better? But they, they... <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, lots going on this week. So it's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you here, Algie. It's not. Oh, it's usually a pleasure you to and be I here. get together for the podcast. Yeah, we usually I usually do it on Thursdays. I know um, when I'm at home, well, you know, bussing my children around whilst trying to get some work done. Yeah, indeed. But, but we've moved it a day for uh, various reasons. But uh, anyway, here we are. So, what, what are we going to talk about? Well, should we? Um, we can start with your editorial about. Um, my best tip ever. Your best tip ever. Yeah, um, which features in the magazine this this week also in a few places. Yeah, uh, we talk about your stock screen as well. In yeah. fact, my best tip ever features in your stock screen. It does. In fact, last year's version of the stock screen. We'll talk about that. And then we can talk generally about some results and news dividends and dividends and unicorns and and all of that Ooh. stuff. Uh, yeah, let's put the world to rights. <laughs> let's let's do start. It. Let's start with uh, the editorial <laughs> games workshop. Yeah, an interesting business. I love it. Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of, because we, we were talking about it, I mean, I, I kind of think it's a business which um, has seen some crazy growth, which um, it's trying to catch up with now, and possibly we're going to see a different type of games workshop um, in the coming years, as it really um, increases its capacity um, and uh, tries, to, tries to continue with the strategy, but um, because it's generating so much re- more revenue now, the growth is inevitably going to slow, one would think. Yeah, but we've tipped. I mean, we could talk about this today, unlike our usual podcast, because we're a day later. We've tipped it. Yes, yeah. Tom's Tom's tipped it uh, this week, and I, I kind of when 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 I was going through the tip, I thought, you know, we're, we're tipping a kind of a slightly different. Um, there's a different narrative now with Games Workshop, but well, it's the, a very the, the, the interesting one I wrote business. About nearly ten years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, also, yeah, the thing is, what struck me is it's kind of the same narrative, just on a grander scale. Yeah, I think I mean I I think the also the the people who are managing the company now who have been there a long time, they're um, slightly more stock market friendly and in, in in the way they're running the business and being perceived by investors. Whereas yeah, that, there was always a kind of slight PR problem for, with Games Workshop. Yeah, but I kind of like that at the time. Yeah, I, I, I remember. Mean, I remember actually. I, I look back at the tip I wrote in August two thousand and ten, and one of the I, I can't remember. I think I had it as a ballpoint. It's like with. Might be a bare point. Retrenching from communications with the city, which they really did do. They've got the hump with well, like, also the, the meant- sort of dealing with the city and all of that, all that that entailed. And they really, they did. They they completely withdrew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, why not? I mean, you know, the city demands rather ludicrous things of businesses, especially when they're kind of niche markets like this, where you shouldn't probably expect that that kind of smooth, constant profit growth, which um, perhaps rather unrealistically, um, investors want from. Almost every company, really. Yeah, but uh, the, the, some of the more city-friendly changes you're talking about actually are about smoothing the, the, the kind of profile. Yeah, of the, the time the, you've the, launched the financial profile and of the business. Like that. That, yeah, and, and you know it doesn't really change the business fundamentally. It just it just makes it more palatable. Palatable to. to, to <laughs> it means it means it's yeah it's yeah. You know, well, I think the shares are currently on a uh, twenty times PE, whereas historically it's been more like ten. 
Um, and obviously that's that's after a period of amazing growth though as well, which um, people... That's true. I mean, this, this might fall into to the category that uh, Phil Oakley would describe as a, a quality company. Uh, yeah, they definitely have those. I mean, the, the things. I mean, I, I kind of when when um, I was looking. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me slightly of that kind of uh, classic WD forty um, investment. You know, investment moat that people do. So it's it's a market it dominates a market niche, that's quite substantial and it invests in it in its niche so that people actually cut the competitors can't really come in and challenge it is it why would anyone make wd-40 well exactly i mean wd-40 is more of a niche than fantasy figures i, I, I well just um maybe not but i mean i kind of think a fantasy figure an exciting fantasy figure concept um you know probably people do want aren't so wedded to to the brands as, as they would be with them um, Something which you just want to spray on a rusty lock, not lock, and no is going <laughs> to sort things out. I don't know. <laughs> what, what a... is, that, is that because you're a nerd like me, Algy? Is that because I, uh, I definitely liked a bit you, of fighting fantasy? When did I was you a like kid. me buy and paint these things? As, I didn't. As a... I, but I used to. I used to draw these kind of things obsessively. As um, as yeah, as you know, my I, my my sideline in illustration is a testament to the amount of drawing I did. When I was young, and a lot of it was of um, orcs and warriors. <laughs> <laughs> How did you end up here? How did you end up here? I, it is it is a niche business. I mean, I, I talk about in my editorial some other niche businesses that haven't been so successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess the idea of a niche business is appealing in the sense that, like WD Forty, it's a market that's big enough to be investable, but not big enough for competitors to start coming into yeah. that market. But the same could have been true of Hornby. Or yes, Stanley yeah. Gibbons, and yeah. those niche businesses have not I mean, been so successful. It's, it's, it's also it's one of these questions about quality businesses. Their quality, whilst they're doing well, but <laughs> you know they they are lots of things which means which mean an economic motive, as people call it, mm. it uh, can you know be breached. Four pound twenty five. I'm happy though. You know, August oh, yeah. two thousand and ten. Four pound twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Forty three pounds, which is what the shares are now. Yeah, they've they've really they've really moted up. Where where do they go from here? Well, I mean, I, I I think if you're you know in terms of buying them now, in terms of the argument Tom's put forward, he is saying that you know this is a, a quality st- story which you know you can believe it does dominate its niche, it can continue to, it's doing the right things, and it is exploiting that value in its IP, which mm. are these kind of fantasy figures and the the engagement with that its um, audience has with it. And it can continue to grow, but not at the same pace as it has. I mean, you know, it's the growth has been phenomenal. It's almost doubled revenue in a, in a couple of years. There, there are, I, I guess, part of that is the fact that this is a genuinely global phenomenon. The, the, yeah. the Games Workshop stories, so. and it can move into. It can sell. It looks like it can sell more in the US and continental Europe, where it's established already. Yeah, I mean, you at the US. I mean, you know, if, if this is a business for, you know, no disrespect to people who like painting, nerds like us, like me, uh, <laughs> uh, once upon a time. Uh, it, it, there were more nerds in the US than there are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, there's just yeah more people. So assuming um, nerd per capita is constant, <laughs> it's a much bigger market. Have we got that chart? <laughs> and, and I guess, I mean, just on the toy and the international points, so Hornby, model yeah. railways of ancient British locomotives, it kind of feels like a British thing. It does feel. I mean, yeah, I mean, God, it's, it's it's really hard to know with them, um, you know, w- with with companies until until you start seeing markets be, being exploited. Mm. Um, 
being sure there's you know there is potential there but i mean there you know lots of brands find residence a resonance in china at the moment or you know also which is um you know, always interesting. Yeah, I, I, I guess, I mean, both in the case of Hornby and Stanley Gibbons, which I mentioned here, I, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, their, their, their problems are not so much that they were servicing a niche which wasn't something that they could build upon, but they just they just made some very, very bad decisions. Yeah, well, and then also Stanley Gibbons, I mean, the stock is, you know, it's a huge variable because, you know, it kind of goes up and down in value depending on, you know, what what stamps people are after but but also stamp collecting uh, in the same way you know model railway enthusiasm uh, has declined quite substantially mm. uh, what's to say that you know yeah no, I mean they're, they're trends they're trends I mean also I mean you know it's, I mean that's the thing often with a quality company which is doing really well you've got a trend in the background so I've got I think JD Sports comes up in um, last year in it was in last year's stuff it was, la- it was yeah, last year's right. yeah so, so I mean let's, um, let's talk that, I mean I, I think that company's very interesting at the moment because it's um it has kind of got, you know, for a retailer, it's weird because it has got a bit of a niche because it's, um, it's got these exclusive agreements with people like Nike, which means people come to its shop and um, then they can sell more and they can sell more garments, which they make good money on for Nike. And, the, and then, um, you know, that, that relationship strength, strengthened, et cetera, et cetera. But in the background, there's also this trend, which is for something called athleisure. So, um, you know, people wearing very tight leggings and, <laughs> and, the, and the like. And if you think, now, you know, at the moment that may look cool, but it's obviously quite I've an extreme... several pairs of my wardrobe around here. I've yet to take the plunge, but as soon as I do, the trend's over. Um, like super dry. Oh. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, it's, come, you know, it's, it's a really great business. And it has got, you know, it has got certain characteristics, which means its market, you know, it has a kind of defendable position maybe, but when that trend goes and you can't think it probably will because it's like you know you know we, what we had shell suits back in our day they were big can you remember that but it, i never owned a shell sick. suit <laughs> honestly people 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 get people go get sick of certain fashions and you think that's well that you know we've got to expect that to happen if, if you know that we've got a company which it's selling trainers sure but it's selling its, it's sales are underpinned by a, a trend a kind of fashion trend i i'm not so sure i'm not so sure that that is going to happen. So, I mean, let's, you know, just go I, back I to think, the, let's go think... back to the stock screen. Uh, six Zeitgeist stocks. Yes. Uh, I, tell me, tell, explain to me what you mean by that. So, this is um, a screen that um, I ran. It, basically, the screen does two things. It looks at um, what uh, factors have driven uh, strong returns over the past three months. So kind of, or, you know, strategy. I call it the strategy screen. So, but it, the strategies are single factor strategies. So um, we, look, we look at what's done well over, over the last three months. It was companies which were showing big earnings upgrades, big um, forecast growth and, high, uh, and a high return on equity, which is, you know, is, um, a return on equity is just a measure of, yeah. a, you know, rough and ready measure of quality. So when we talk about Zeitgeist, we're not talking about what's fashionable, what the fashionable source. Well, we're talking about what, what in the inv- market. Fas- investment fashionable. Exactly. Uh, having said that, last year's performance was dominated by Games Workshop, which was up 91, 92%, and JD mm-hmm. Sports, as you mentioned. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, which are both kind of very fashionable in sort of yeah, more, yeah, more, yeah. Than, more than the financial sense. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. You know, going back to JD Sports... I mean, we we have looked. We have. I, I can't remember the last time we didn't have this company on a buy. 
No, I, well, I, remember, um, I remember when 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 we put on on a bar originally was when um, it was having trouble with Black Sledge. I mean, it was a contrarian play originally. It'd been because, a bar, it'd been it, a bar before that, I'm sure of it. Oh yeah, before that, but it wasn't a bar. I mean, this was um, the first time when I was editing the tip section that it, it came onto a bar, and it, but it had a great story then, a great contrarian story, which was it was very cheap compared with its history. It against was like ten times. I remember it being like ten times earnings every time I looked yeah. at it. Ten times well, earnings. Well, it's, it's... Also, at that point, earnings were depressed for several reasons, but also it was just one of those situations where you could see these things were turning around. And um, obviously, you know, things don't always turn out as as they look, but um, they were they were stopping the losses in in the outdoor business. They're really getting. Um, the, the shops, um, the retail side going again. Um, they probably shouldn't have bought that, really, in hindsight. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a company which has tried things, and that's why, that, that is, in some ways, that's why it's got such a great um, business selling sportswear, because yeah. it's been prepared to have a go at, you know, at doing certain things in certain markets. But it's never been a really a company about people actually doing sport. No, it's so, yeah, so in that sense, fashion. Blacks doesn't really work in yeah well in yeah sort of... camping fashion Does that mean those guys? <laughs> hiking fashion hiking fashion <laughs> look at looking good maybe that's the next big trend whilst going up scarful pike <laughs> <laughs> um but it has always been really it's just been one of the it's just been one of those businesses that's well run yeah and and, but, and i guess the same is true of, of games workshop and but and, but the way the market has changed for it and the way um Big brands have realised the way to make more money out of the brands is to get very cosy with very few um, retailers. Has it got lucky because that's the strategy that its suppliers have chosen to to, to adopt or has it shaped the market to make that happen? No, I I think, you know, it's it's up to, you know, the people who, the brand owners are the people who are in the driving seat at the end end of the day. But it's created a very powerful position for itself by... um, by playing to the strategy of of the brand owners, in in my opinion, mm. I mean any investment which goes well needs an element of luck. It's just you know there's there's so many unpredictable factors with any stock purchase mm. in in any company's future that you know you're you know when when you're looking at a success there's luck involved. Well, I, I guess I've been mean, going back to the editor my editorial. You know, Games Workshop. I, I would never, in my wildest dreams, have imagined that that would generate a one thousand eight hundred and ninety odd percent and, and total remember, return in, over over less than ten years. In a, in a, in a for a long period, during, you know, during those ten years, this company looked like it was doing nothing. And, it, and prior to this massive ramp up in growth, they'd put in a lot of hard work in terms of. Um, uh, you know, changing their their store base, cutting costs, things like that, which allowed them to have this amazing um, growth run. You know, every, every, they'd put everything in place and then they went for all the, you know, rolling out the social media, you know, on online, you know, I don't think uh, it was improvements. Such a thing as social media when I wrote that. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, but it, they, they, it's come what, for, a hob, for a hobby market. It, you know, works wonders. I mean, you know, but things like YouTube. It, I mean, there's stuff my right. kids watch on YouTube. It's just like, you know, hobbies are, you know, everywhere. But you've got to get it right. Yeah, yeah. You, you have, have to have a good, yeah, good brand. I mean, but it la- allows you to extract value from um, from a good product. I yeah. I guess, I guess the other interesting thing, we, we're sort of di- diverging away from the we're stock divide, screen now. Yeah, all, we, all over the place. We can come back to that. <laughs> one, one of the things that struck me when I, what I was trying to do when I was writing about Games Workshop was like, could I have seen anything? In this company, that would would give me a clue that it was going to generate a total return of one thousand eight hundred and ninety odd percent. And, uh, and what, what what would I mean? I, I don't think you can. I you can yeah that kind of return you can't predict. But I mean like, what what you can what what you could always see with Games Workshop was this 
very sticky product um, customer base, you know, kind of, you know, situation. Mm. Kind of, that's the kind of, you know, the raw, um, you know, whatever, you know, the, the gunpowder waiting to be ignited, I suppose. Yeah, I, can't, I, can't, I think it was my inner nerd that made me write that tip <laughs> at the time. <laughs> Yeah, it's a scuttlebutt. You know, you know how <laughs> the drawer of this product. I used to walk past uh, a games <coughs> workshop. I don't want to call them shops because they're not really hobby uh, centres. Hobby, hobby centres, uh, and it was always busy. You know, this was you know after two thousand and eight. You know, the high street was not a, a great place to yeah. to walk down. Uh, but games workshop always had something going on in there. And I used to think, yeah. Meh. <laughs> Yeah. Put on a buy. I'll join I'll join you. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh in hindsight there there is some interesting observations about this this story this fantasy investment uh that I never actually made and if I did I wouldn't be sitting here. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but you Amazon. Uh indeed. Uh but it just, I, you know, for me, I looked across because I used to keep a track of all of my tips in, mm-hmm. in uh, on the IC portfolio uh, tool, and it's done all right. But a games workshop accounts for a massive chunk of that. Yeah, well, I mean, also, and, and you know, the the idea that one stock can be transformational to a portfolio really comes out mm-hmm. from that. It's inc- yeah. it's incredible. Uh, yeah. And the and the other the other observation is that actually James Workshop. Uh, only half of the returns came from this incredible capital appreciation. It was a dividend story as much as anything else. Yeah. And dividends are something... Uh, I'm using this as a segue, by the way. Oh, yeah, no, I, I know where you're going, don't you? You know where I'm going, Algie. I'm turning to the right page Nobody else magazine. does, but you do. That's, that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, uh, Vodafone. Yes. That's, that, that is the dividend story of the week. It is, yeah. Uh, what's going on? Well, yeah, well, I mean... What is going on? Well, it's, it's, it's cut it. Yeah, it's, it's cut its dividend by forty percent. Well, it you know has it has it has it gone far enough? I guess is a is a big question. The share price reaction suggested disappointment at the cut, but you know most people I think probably thought thought it was you know by this point a lot of people would have thought it was coming. So, yeah, I, you know, I is, think is, so. Is, is 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 the fact that it fell so much partly? You know, forty percent isn't enough. Is it's that in got, this week's magazine? Well, uh, Phil writes about it. Um, in Phil's, as always, very insightful um, column from from uh, from him, Phil Oakley. Maybe it's a result, uh, and it's actually. Al- also, it's mentioned in. It's it's quite interesting. It's mentioned in our feature about um, activism by uh, Nigel Wilson. It's a result. That's why I'm I'm looking in the wrong place. Oh right, it's, okay. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. The, I so mean, the- Vodafone's all, all over the magazine for yeah for different reasons, but um, I I think it's quite um. I mean, it's, it's it's an interesting segue between like uh, Phil Oakley's piece and and this and this view that it could be an activist target, which is expressed in in our main in our cover feature. Mm. But what do you do with a company like this? I mean, I you know I I, 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 I would never personally, and I actually had a a, a, a uh, I wouldn't say heated uh, discussion with a reader at one of our events recently about Vodafone, and I just would not own shares in this company. I don't like it. I th- um, I think it's very hard to, um, you know, it's it's just very it's very hard to work out how they're going to um, make good returns for shareholders whilst um, uh, spending all the money they have to spend in order to kind of remain a viable business. So, so I guess the big big uh, I mean it's an, it's an, it's a massive international business, mm-hmm. but uh, so so it's very hard to look at one <clears throat> market and, and 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 draw any conclusions from say the UK or. Mm-hmm. 
But it's always it's always seems to be doing deals here, there, or selling bits or adding bits, yeah. and, and I can't keep track of what it what it's doing. I mean, to, to try and rationalise it. I suppose, but if if you were to try and you know give a big overview, it it is there's a lot of competition in this in, it's a, in a capital intensive industry it's where a there's a lot of competition, it's a isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and so these these companies have to spend to st- money to stay in the game. But by doing that, they they you know they they're bidding against each other for things like five G networks, for things like dominating you know x geography or y geography and in doing that they're they're forcing returns down on it because they're having to pay a lot of money to get into these markets or to for you know to support their infrastructure and then they've got a, a, a competitor who's going to come and be biting on their heels as soon as they've you know started to make headway yeah. or as they try to so it's, ju- it's just you know it's just a very tough business to be in and it's mature as well and, and i guess the big the big cost that are upcoming here as you, as you alluded to are 5g so the next generation of, of mobile networks yeah, five, yeah. The spying the spectrum building the networks i yeah. mean it's, it's extraordinary yeah and i mean obviously you know what's happened with them um, you know the us and china and huawei it's um it's just going to make it harder to build these networks <laughs> so yeah, well, it's like it's going to be a real pain well you're talking getting about the, the kit you're talking about the trade war <laughs> yes yeah but, it, but i mean there are other concerns about about telecoms equipment at the moment which are which are defense and security concerns yeah 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 which, which must also play a massive yeah part. i mean it's i mean presumably this will make um build, you know building networks a lot more complicated and a lot more expensive yeah Sounds like good news for someone like BAE, who's got the sort of uh, whole cyber security thing going on in this mm. this kind of s- space. It just feels like a very expensive business to be in. The share price trajectory has been awful. Mm. Uh, I guess partly that's the sort of rebasing of the share price against the dividend expectations, which yeah. everyone expected to be cut. Yeah. Uh, I just don't see where it goes from here. I uh, I think there are much better places for for your money. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, l- I, like Centrica. Oh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, we, we, you know, well, like Centrica, I mean, it's, it's you want that to see a, joke, a sen- by you, the way. you want, <laughs> you want to see a sen- sensible investment case emerge, basically. I, I guess, and that's I, that, that, you know, there's, the, these companies are struggling to, um, you know, find their mojo again. Well, I, I get, we can, we can, and, and, and Phil talks about a number of these companies. Yeah. I, 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 I jokingly mentioned Centrica <laughs> because that is another company that that. Uh, investors used to rely on for its dividends, which has had the same sort of issues. Uh, a market where there's lots of government intervention, mm-hmm. where it's a very expensive market to do business in, where you you now have the very easy process of switching yeah. energy supplies. Massive churn of customers. It's companies. horrible. It's yeah. horrible. Uh, yeah. And of course, the government, the uh, the, the threat of uh, of whatever happens in Parliament in the next. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if we get a Labour government, there, yeah, we you know we this week we've been given insight to you know. How, how difficult uh, investors may may find it. Um, the, the national grid, into, yeah, thing. yes, yeah, with national grid, and you know that's been a real dividend stall for a long time. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this a hundred times on this podcast, but you know, a lot of people would have bought shares in British Gas when it was privatised in the 1980s. <clears throat> they will probably mm-hmm. now own shares in Centrica, National Grid, before it was bought by Shell BG, so they'll now own shares in Shell, but but. Yeah, yeah. This was this is like the antithesis of what the late, current Labour Party is all about, and these companies are looking fragile. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and also, they, I mean, they, you know, they have, um, you know, they they they've got. I mean, they've got a lot of debt, um, which which they've kind of, you know, they keep on piling up. So I do like and, national, and I, think, I like National Grid though. This feels like a good story. That 
that's being sort of overshadowed by the political uncertainty that, that we have. We need to we need power. Yeah, but, we um, need um, to tr- but reg- regulation is just such a big you know yeah. a big factor in these um, uh, you know in the investment cases for these kind of companies. But but something like National Grid, it doesn't feel like it has the same you know you know it doesn't matter where the power is coming from. We have to get it from A to B, from yeah. you know, power station to house, from you know uh, wind farm to to, yeah. to petrol forecourt when it becomes an EV uh, forecourt. But it's yeah, but I mean you know, politically, it's kind of you know. Are they investing enough to make sure that happens? Are they taking too much profit from, you know, or are they making too high a return on the mm. investment? Having a dividend w- history which is as good as National Grid's, you know, doesn't, doesn't play well. Because it's do? easy to point to it and say, look, all that money's come out. That could have, you know, gone back. You know, that's, that's you know, money taken from your pocket, electorate. It's, you know... Yeah, but it's, I mean, there, there, it's, there, the it's a very simplistic, so co- view, a very no, no, simplistic view. But that, that's business, that's which... that's that's an easy way to um, to you know to frame to frame your argument if you do want to nationalise. And, mm. and you know, it's, it's very complicated to untangle. You know, what efficiency gains there have been. You know, and uh, versus what would have happened, and you know how much investment would have gone in if it was if it was in state hands versus how much it's has gone in as you know as a as a public company it's you know it's, it's you, you can argue it from any angle but you're not going to have any you know is you're just going to be shouting one side of an argument or another yeah. really there's I, no cuz that isn't a clear answer i guess the biggest worry that investors face today uh is that the 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 uh leaks report from labor on their their strategy when it comes to energy utilities and distribution is that the basic if you own shares in these companies, you're not going to get the market price should Jeremy Corbyn get into power and they decide they're going to renationalise these Yeah, well, I mean, but also, I mean, I I kind of always take that thing with a slight pinch of salt because, I mean, you look at the Labour Party as a whole and some people would love to, you know, just... Slash and burn. Yeah, exactly. Rip it all But there's there's also a lot of people who will be looking at this and saying, well, you know, this is... You know, these are huge holdings in pension funds everywhere. You know, we've got to, you know, have have a country where people actually want to invest and you know do business. We we can't, you know, we we can't be very we can't be really radical with it with, with this because it's too risky. I mean, I you know, I think it's got to. It, You're very that's very sensible, Algy. Well, I think there are, there are lots of sensible people in politics. I mean, we are we. They? We we <laughs> I haven't seen them. Where are they? I mean, we, you know, we hear all the kind of you know, lots of, lots of the extremes in politics all the time. But I mean, you know, there there are lots of lots of very you know sensible um, MPs with you know very sensible measured ideas who you know, listen to you know lots of different um, interests. You know, you have to be if you if you want to be if you want to be in politics. I it's, think to a large extent, it's good talking to you, Angie. I feel immediately better about the world. And, uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm an optimist. Yeah, always. no, no, it's not. Well, you have to be to invest in equities, don't you? Um, <laughs> yeah. There was another big dividend stock that uh, that uh, has uh, had some results this week, which is BT. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, you know, one of the big privatisations of the 1980s. Yeah. Not much talk of renationalising that for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Yielding seven percent. Yeah, dangerous. Danger signs, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know when the writers come come to me with a come like you know dividend story and. The dividends over seven percent. I always remind them of the seven seven rule, which is the, like a dividend over seven percent. Chances are you're not going to get it, and a PE of under seven, you're probably not going to get the, those earnings. The deadly so, seven. Um, we wrote a feature on it. The deadly seven. Deadly seven. <laughs> deadly sevens. It's a good it's, rule of thumb. It's like it's you know it's a rule of thumb which um you know just 
tends tends to you know do do the job. Yeah, it doesn't always work, but but it's. I guess, well, it, I guess it works nine times <clears throat> out of ten and keeps you safe, even if occasionally yeah. you miss out on on the, a staggering recovery. Yeah, and I mean, also, I mean, it's, yeah, quite you um you just have to be very sure of the case that 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 you're investing in if um a company is yielding over seven percent. You have to be, you know, you have to do extra work and. And seek extra reassurances if you, yeah. you know, if you think it is the real deal. Yeah, I mean, surely, surely BT, I mean, BT is, uh, you know, it's a kind of, it's a, a communications conglomerate mm-hmm. now in many sense, in yeah. many senses. Uh, they haven't cut their dividend, but well, they haven't grown it for several years. Yeah, I and mean, they, and they're now think... talking about, I, I, uh, look at the piece, they maintain or grow depending yeah. on what they have to spend. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I, I think I think wouldn't it wouldn't it feel like a relief if it just cut the dividend? Just cut the bloody dividend, all right? Just get on with it. <laughs> just cut the dividend. Anyway, um, yeah, it's yeah. It's, I mean, it's got a lot of spending commitments coming up. But I think let, well, surely let's, it has five G to buy as well. I mean, it has a yeah. It has it's, got that. Operators. it's got um, it's got you know all, all the kind of uh, broadband speeds to um, increase and you know Content. broadband coverage and yeah. I mean, yeah. There's Jeez. there's huge amounts to spend. I was trying to I was trying to find a bit in um, Phil's piece where he says um, he doesn't he thinks it's going to almost definitely be cut. But um, yeah, I think well I, I can't think find it, the line. No, but. I wouldn't worry about it. I think I think that's almost a foregone conclusion <laughs> uh, right now. What else have we got going on? Out? We kind of dive, diverted away from the stock screen. Um, yes, yeah. Would, uh, let's, you let's, know the stock screen is. I, I think you know the stock screen is telling us something which probably. Um, you know, a lot of people feel anyway, which is that value, you know, being a value investor has not been good for your returns compared to the FTSE all share. But we were, talk- we were talking about that on the way over. As yeah. we st- strolled across the bridge and what kind of market we're in and where the returns have come yeah. from. If, uh, and- yeah, I know. And I think I was saying, you know, it's actually starting to feel, this market's starting to feel really long. And I'm sure I've said this before, like, you know, for years and years. But um it's just some, the of the, some, yeah, some of the IPOs happening now and um, the reactions to them. And we're talking about Pinterest and it's... Um, Don't understand that company. It, it, it kind of coming in below forecast and the shares for, falling. And, you know, it only floated in April and already it's disappointing. I mean, literally, that it's is just a, like, it's a pretty pictures company. <laughs> I mean, what, do you, what, do you, what does Pinterest do? Pretty pictures. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of IPOs also we see in our own, you know, domestic market. What are people doing? They're just they're just cashing out. They're like, you know, yeah. they're they're not they're not raising new capital for growth. They're you know, they just want a way to exit. Well I, I And looked... that's not good. It's you know, for, for the people buying those shares. I mean, you know, it may turn out okay. But um We're talking about private equity backed companies. Yeah, well, yeah. UK, well, and, and, and also founders, and yeah. um, you know, all, 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 you know, all, you know, all, all, all types really. But yeah, private equities. Uh, I, I looked at I looked at the unicorn phenomenon in my editorial a few weeks ago, and what struck me about it was when this phrase was coined, um, maybe sort of six, seven years ago. There were thirty mm-hmm. of these things, billion pound startups, mm-hmm. basically, uh, and now there are something like three hundred and fifty. Yeah, so, I mean, there's and, so and, and, much money in private equity as well. It's like you know, it's like the amount of money private equity has, and like the, in the multiples they're investing on, 
Something just feels quite, a bit mad about that. Yeah, it, do, it feels. It, it does feel like it's just gone a bit crazy. And who values these things? The people well, that they own do. them. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that's one of the, the argue, one of the arguments for private equity is it produces such stable returns. Well, of course it bloody does because you know it if, owns, if, if I was valuing my own investments, I'd be very it's, stable. It's, I mean, yeah, obviously, they, you know, when things get really bad, then the right downs start mm. to come through. But I mean, yeah, it's the the, the argument that. Private equity returns, is, you know, stable just seems it, it seems ludicrous in many regards. But VC, but VC is slightly, slightly different beast to private equity. Yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and we're talking here about you know these kind of ideas that have yes, grown I'm into these billion, multi-billion pound companies yeah. without ever having even demonstrated the ability to turn even a cent mm-hmm. of profit. And, yeah, and know, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, don't you get the feeling that that you know they're being tested now they they've got to the stage where you know where the interesting parts of the, you know what, what's interesting about those businesses being cottoned onto by a lot of people and where where you know they don't have a genuine you know network effect is a word, buzzword for many of these companies where basically the scale of your presence the number of um you know users you have reinforces your products and makes you Inassailable. That's your, that's your quality moat. Yeah, I, I but mean, a lot of them don't really actually seem to, you know, but to, have, face, to have that is, credibly at the fa- moment. Facebook is the network effect. Yeah, Facebook is the classic. Yes. Uh, Twitter to an extent, although where its revenues come from is, is advertising. So mm-hmm. I'm, anything that's ads driven, I'm immediately skeptical of. Well, I mean, um, also, you know, in, in in our in our market, you know, Right Move is you know probably the prime example. Then there's Auto Trader, which is also doing something with classified. I think, right moves, I think they're different. I think they're they different are different. To Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Facebook this week, you know, we we have talked many many times about about the risks of these big tech companies, mm-hmm. the fangs in particular face. There's been a security problem with Facebook yeah, this week. What's WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah. Don't use it. Do you use it, Algie? I sometimes use it. I've never had a call on it, though. I was, I was thankful to... <laughs> I, I've, I've always been suspicious Realized. of this company. I, 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 cool, I mean WhatsApp, right. partly because it's part of Facebook, because, partly because I... Because some of the questions it asks you when you tr- sign up, it's clearly, to seems to me, to be not that concerned would you, about would you like spyware your on your data. phone <laughs> <laughs> would you like spyware yeah. on your phone yeah that kind of thing uh, uh, and it has true network effects companies that we don't really hear about much these days like uh ebay yeah true yeah. network yeah, effects, yeah. great company yeah no no i mean Not it's a, it's a great company. thing it's just it's so faddish i mean also you know this is this uh you know the the stock screen going back to that again you know this idea of quality you know phil's sp- spoken a lot about or written a lot about it this idea of you know you need to buy quality, it's just it's so ubiquitous, and um, yeah, but it means every, it means they're expensive because everyone's trying to do the same thing. Yeah, and 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 everyone has a story based on quality, and it's and it's you know it's about finding out whether yeah. you know ev, ev, you know lots of companies can spin a very good story as, as we know as journalists. You know, you get endless companies with that. You know, they've got great stories, and then as soon as you start kind of you know going on beneath the surface, like often. It doesn't really stand up to Are you scrutiny. talking about any company in particular, Algie? I wasn't, no. Which, which one were you thinking of? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't mention it on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me later. <laughs> I mean, in terms of unicorns, let's go back to that story. So value investors, been a horrible, horrible place for them over the last few mm-hmm. years. Uh, unicorns, very much a US VC phenomenon. We mm-hmm. have a few kind of big techie companies over here. Mm-hmm. One of them we, we were talking about the way over again, Just Eat. Oh yeah, it's just been slammed by the fact that Amazon's um, paying, uh, putting, putting a lot of money into Deliveroo. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so what's I mean, 
surely that's that's a sign. Oh, this is a great industry worth being in. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's what what is just seats competitive motors a question, um, and people are clearly worried given you know what, what's going on with the share price. I mean, we we shouldn't forget you know Amazon did in, uh, did launch a kind of a, a property advertising portal I think at one point. And um, oh, right, that, right move. Yeah, Google, yeah. Are you sure that wasn't Google? Or maybe it was Google. It was Google. Maybe it was Google. It was yeah, Google. Yeah, yeah. Amazon, I don't think I've ever tried. No, no, no. Yeah, that's yet. not an Amazon-y thing, is it, at all? No. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that Deliveroo is going to, um, d- you know, win, win, you know, the, the, you know, maybe there isn't a winner in this market. Maybe, you know, maybe there are a few providers. Do they make money, these companies? Does just they actually make profits? Um, you know what? Justy, I don't know. I can't tell you that. Um, but uh, Deliveroo doesn't. Um, Let's talk about Deliveroo then. It a, doesn't it's, make profits. No, no. It's a, it's. Um, I've forgotten <laughs> the term. It's strategic loss making stage. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, wonderful. But I mean, what's, what these what these companies are doing though? Also, I mean, they are fascinating. Um, and you know, clearly they're used a lot. I was talking to the millennials in the office. Who um, use them all the time, and I, you know, I, I've had it. I probably have get a takeaway for my family, or my family gets a takeaway for um, did, did I about ri- three times a year. Did something. I hear rightly that one of the uh, millennials in the office uh, orders uh, McDonald's breakfast that yes. gets delivered through Deliveroo? Deliveroo, and what, uh, but also what's what's, in, what's, what's in tra- no. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Not <me>. um, <laughs> Well, I, have a, I, have a, I have an oven Apparently, and, and, uh, and I can actually cook, cook stuff <laughs> at home myself and pay not when, very when, much for it at all. When my 12-year-old's begging me for a takeaway, I, I, it's always the same line. They're expensive and they're bad for you. Or <laughs> mm. <laughs> we'll make beans on toast. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, but, but also the... the um, lot, lots of these companies are looking into making dark kitchens, as they call it. That's Uber, isn't it? That's Uber and and Deliveroo, and right, I think you know. Right. I, I think you know that's the competitive edge. Actually, it's not Uber. Exclusive... It's, it's not Uber. It's the founder of Uber. It's Travis, whose name, second name I can't yeah, pronounce, yeah. but it begins with K. Yeah, uh, <laughs> dark kitchens. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's like, imagine the amount of capital you take out of a um a, a restaurant business by doing that. It's it's you know it's it's it could be amazing. Yeah, but someone's got to put their return. capital in. Oh yeah, no, but it's just like so much cheaper to set up a a dark kitchen than a lovely restaurant, which um, where the kitchen's you know catering for you know for the takeaway market, but also the sit-in diners who need waiting on, etc., yeah, etc. It costs the same to build the kitchen. Yeah, but that's all you're building. It's you know, and, and it, you know, it's just an industrial unit. You don't have to have a bit of you know real estate on a high street. You just have you know you have a shed somewhere. I would have thought real estate on high street didn't cost very much at all these days. So we give well, <laughs> maybe that's where they'll be setting up. Um, but I mean, yeah, you go where the rents are cheapest. Mm. You know, it's kind of you, you know as long as long as as long as you're in a good place in terms of you know getting getting to your you know your market. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, and, and potentially you know their franchise opportunities, things like that. Um, you know, is you know Domino's has demonstrated how successful that can be over to the long point. term. Well, it's yeah, it's having problems now. Demonstrating that that model yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, but I mean. Also, if you're dealing with them, um, you know, a, this kind of virtual world, you can have virtual brands. You can be, compl- yeah, reinventing yourself is um, a lot easier. Jesus Christ, I might just download myself into something. <laughs> 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 they wouldn't have to eat at all. But, um, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> anyway. Those Buck Rogers um, I, 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 I feel like we're venturing into a world that is kind of anathema to me. Uh, <laughs> I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's not a world I'm part of. I, I mean, Uber, Uber shares voted last week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not done too well. Um, uh, I, I, I call I, I call that uh, some people call it ride sharing technology. I call it taxis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a good description. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there you go. What else we got, Algy? Should we finish up with the stock screen because we we keep We've... going back to it and leaving <laughs> the stock screen thing again. Uh, I mean, the, what struck me about this screen uh-huh. is what's come out of it this year, uh, and it's really weird. These companies. Yeah, I mean, Drax. you know, you know, Drax. well, Drax has been trying to, and you know, with some, some, you know, it's been trying to reinvent its business. So, um, it, it has had a lot of earnings for, you know, forecast upgrades. This is this is kind of this um, is energy uh, generation, power generation, yeah. burning pellets, yeah. basically. Yeah, it's kind of it's moving a lot of its, yeah, it's moving away from coal into um, renewables. Uh, which are yeah pellets for the main part. Um, yeah, and I mean coal. Coal in this country is pretty much. I mean, it's yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's come, you know, that's that's um, that's over. They've got to transition, but um, you know, people have got more behind that. They had got more behind that story than it's you know more recently. It's had a setback, but so you know, with a stock screen, the thing is, you know, when you when you're screening for things, lots of companies all, you know, hit the you know hit the marks, but sometimes I'll be doing it for fairly um esoteric reasons so you know you you have an intention when you design a screen of the type of company that you want and um so, and the, the, you should find you know you you may find those companies in 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 the screen results but also you may well find companies which look like that type of companies on these very basic van you know valuation and quality measures or whatever it is but actually they're something a bit you know they're different mm-hmm. and you know that, that you know it's it's, it's why um can we, every week I make sure now I put into the um in, into the piece uh you know this is this is you know ideas for further research indeed indeed, indeed. Uh, I mean actually there has been a change to the stock screen uh not that recently but uh in the past you would probably go through the you know top five results or whatever top ten maybe and do a very small write up on each and you kind of change your approach to to screens uh so now it's you you pick out one company and write well, something yeah, substantial just, about it why why have you done that well, um, I, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I've been writing this column for about almost 10 years. <laughs> I'd like to do something different just to... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, no, it's true. I have to say no, no. that. I mean, th- that, that in itself is quite, quite extraordinary. The, the track record that you've built up with these screens is, I mean, this, this is not out there anywhere else. You yeah, have built well, there, something here, which is... Well, we've got a lot of, yeah, we've got a lot of kind of, um, yeah, track record for some of these screens. Um but but also you know I I was thinking at the beginning of the year um, you know it, it may, maybe this will be interesting for readers because by drilling down deeper into a company you can say how it does and doesn't fit with the screen it kind of explains to just do one deep dive well, it's not you know not that deep a dive but um, deep enough d- yeah deep enough then it helps to explain the screen and you know and how um, looking at companies just you know based on you know a few metrics. It'll take you. It'll, it provides clues to start your research, but often in researching them, you'll find that you'll 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 find that these companies are displaying those characteristics for reasons you weren't expecting. So, um, so this week is Electro Components that I wrote up, which is a hugely cyclical company. It's been in so many screens, but it's you know it has got um, 
an interesting story in terms of how it's improving its operations. But it's also at its heart, it's just, you know, it's massively cyclical. Yeah, the kind of company that, again, you'd be worried about owning as you go through the economic cycle. I mean, it's one of those, how long do you hang on to it? Is it it a trading stock? Yeah, I I think um, that's a phrase, uh, the distinction that... um, uh makes isn't it you know some some stocks are trading stocks and i mm. think any, anything which is cyclical is that's probably the best you know the best way to you know to, to view it that well, you're not going to want to hold it that said that said i mean electro components is interesting it's, it's distributing basically electronic components to various industrial companies yes, around yeah. the world uh and the question i would have there given that we have seen a profit warning this week from Renishaw. one of the uk's industrial stalwarts mm. Renishaw. Are we hitting that that down cycle? Yeah, now? I mean, yeah, and and and, and also the, the tariffs which have come through this yeah. this week. I really like Renishaw as a company. I mean, the reason I mention that is not not because it, it's a demonstration of of cyclicality, but because actually it kind of sort of belies that idea that you need to trade in and out of these companies. Yeah, I mean, because you could... if you bought Renishaw in say two thousand and eight when the when the 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 world collapsed, yeah, uh, you would have made an extraordinary amount of money. Yeah, uh, although having said that. It's been one long upcycle since then. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's you know with with cyclical, so it is kind of like you know where's your start point, where's your end point. Mm. Um, it's been a long and, bloody cycle, um, hasn't it? Yeah, no, it has, it has, it really has. Um, Gordon Brown was right after all. <laughs> well, apparently, there's some. Um, I've, I've forgotten who it was. There's someone in the US saying, you know, saying something similar. You know, end of boom and bust. Money, you know, central banks have, you know, killed the cycle. Mm. So, maybe, but, should, maybe I mean, but I mean, going back to Renishaw, I mean, it's you know, I really like I like this company. It's you know, it's it's a fine example of uh, you know, yeah, you could you, you could you could, you could but, and also you're right. I mean, you could just take the approach. I'm going to buy uh, you know a really good but cyclical company, and I'll just hold it, and I will look away, you know, when when the cycle turns. But I mean, the, the trouble is psychologically, we're all um, you know we're all kind of prone to you know bailing out when things get bad and it's just you know that's just like if you know you can you can say it's not me or you know whatever you know one can say it's not me but it's it is it's all of us it's just like it's hardwired into you know into our behavior Indeed, and there's quite... so much evidence telling us that and and you know just you know if, if, if we kept an honest diary as individuals um of how we feel about our investments and like then recorded the, some of the mistakes we make we would see it writ large Indeed, no. it's why I look at my one thousand eight hundred ninety-eight percent return from Games Workshop over. Yeah, would you have held like, it all the way really through? Really, would I have held it all the way yeah. through? When would I have sold out? Yeah. When yeah. would when would I have bottled it? Yeah, and and, and the likely. I mean, you know, this isn't this isn't you. This is like a more general <laughs> well, it probably point. Probably is me. <laughs> like it, human nature, for you know, uh, you know what, what you know, the average person is is going to bottle out at the bottom. Yeah, that is, you know, although, that's although, when everyone's bot- bot- unless you, know, you bought the bottom, in. which I did, which uh, on in a fantasy context. <laughs> uh, I mean, talking of selling um, <clears throat> and 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 the discipline behind selling, that's the subject of the uh, further reading column this week. Yes, that, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, I, I, I did you a disservice when I called it a new column. Uh, yeah, I started it last year. You started it years ago. <laughs> uh, and I just I just couldn't do the, put out very much. On my own, I didn't. I, I wasn't. Yeah, the volume wasn't there. So I apologise for that, Alzi. <laughs> uh, all right, John. But Nilushi uh, has written something this week on. Yeah, I love this. Piece. How fund managers are really good at buying, but mm-hmm. really bad at selling. Yeah, yeah. 
And it's because it's basically because they don't do their research. They're lazy selling. sellers. Yeah. Lazy selling. And and also they they and yeah they they sell things which have gone up a lot or gone down a lot, which does not have a correlation with future returns. Mm. Which is which is you know really we all know that instinct. Everyone you know. So yeah, no, it's um, it's a it's a great it's a great piece. It kind of reminds me of um, there's a book called um, The Art of Execution, which is about a fund manager who managed a group of fund managers. And um, his observations about how um, how they'd behave, but th- uh, this is yeah, th- no, it's it's, a, it's great research. And what Nalushi's done is made it very easy to understand and entertaining to read, which academic research often isn't when you get it in its raw form. No, it really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> which is a shame because it's like yeah, it's fascinating. We're going to do more of this stuff. Uh, I think you've got. Uh, well, we've done a couple already, and I think you've yeah, got lots of ideas. Yeah, for, we, yeah for, we've got lots of stuff lined up. So much academic research out there. Thank you, Algie. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you Likewise. today. Uh, there's lots more in the magazine. We, we haven't really talked about what's in the magazine this week. In, yeah. It's great, man. I loved, of... I loved going through it before. I norm, normally, I read it over the weekend, but... Um, yeah, going through it at my desk. It's like it's great mag this week. Yeah, it, it really is. So the, the cover feature uh, is about activism, and there, there are a number of situations in the UK at the moment where activist investors are at, at loggerheads with the board uh, in many cases. And actually, this is often very good for private investors, and we've kind of talked mm-hmm. about a number of those situations there. Uh, John Rosier's uh, diary is in mm-hmm. this week. Actually, Gaines Workshop has been a, a great stop for him. As well, it's all over the mag. Yeah, John Rose, John actually does something really interesting, which I really like. He looks at he's got a bit of software, which I think is provided by a company called StatPro, which tells mm-hmm. him how much individual companies have contributed to portfolio performance, mm-hmm. which I don't think a lot of us really do. So maybe that's something uh, everyone should have a think about doing um, to really kind of guide both buying and selling decisions, because obviously we need a little bit more discipline around that. Uh, results mm-hmm. getting getting a bit busy uh, busier now. We've alluded to that. Uh, Emma has looked at the uh, insurance, the general insurance market in the sector focus. Uh, lots and lots of comment. Simon uh, updating on a number of companies from uh, from his small cap uh, stock picking world. We've got the trader. We've got Phil Oakley, which you've alluded to, mm-hmm. uh, looking at divvies and uh, Bearble. Metro uh, Bank in the new spotlight. Metro what, a, what a sell tip that's been. Yeah, it really has. <laughs> it really has. It's kind of worrying, actually. I think they managed to raise the money. Though, didn't they, they? Yeah, so, they have. So they, they, have. They raised more than they said, so they, they're going to be the dilution for existing shareholders. Is massive. They they raised three hundred seventy five million. If you still own the point. shares, which you probably shouldn't. Yeah, well, buy we, yeah, now. we've been. Yeah, uh, I think it's about eleven and a half percent short interest in that company at the moment. Yeah, it's most most shorted last time I looked. Absolutely extraordinary. Mm. Uh, but if you've got some money in a Metro account. Don't worry for now. Um, and yeah, what else we got? Centrica, Crest Nicholson, Acacia Mining and, and uh, Superdry in the mm-hmm. news section. All lots of interesting stuff going on there. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you again, Algie. Uh, pick up the magazine in all good news agents, The Activist Effect, How Private Investors Can Profit from Boardroom Battles, or get on the website and subscribe. Thanks a lot. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.